Where did Leslie and Ben go on their honeymoon? Answer at the end of the episode. The citizens of Pawnee. I'm heard happily, and I just realized I'm not holding my microphone. And I will call my new Italian fast casual eatery the Locale Calzone Zone. You can trust me because I don't care enough about you to lie. Everything I do is the attitude of an award winner because I've won an award. I made my money the old fashioned way. I got run over by Alexis. Hello! Welcome to Citizens of Pawnee, a Parks and Recreation podcast where I discuss anything and everything from character breakdowns, episode rewatches, as well as some other trivia and tidbits about the show. My name's Brian, and I'll be your host. This is episode number 80, being recorded Monday, July 24th, and today I'm going to be covering season 2, episode 19, Park Safety. If you'd like to contact the show, you can email citizensofpawnee at gmail.com. You can also follow and message the show on Instagram at citizensofpawneepodcast, as well as my other page at Parks Rack Memes. And just a reminder that this podcast will have full spoilers for the entire series. What's going on, everyone? How are you? Um, I, oh my God. So I had a crown put on uh, last Tuesday, so about a week ago or a week ago exactly for when you're listening to this. But anyway, so um, the I, I, got, I had the crown put on, and it went like two or three days, no problems, everything was fine. And then over the weekend, this fucking thing has just been like throbbing. So my dentist, they're I think they're closed on Fridays, or like every other Friday they're closed, and then they're usually closed on Saturdays except for uh, like emergency stuff. So... It was like Friday night, this tooth really started hurting and I knew they were going to be closed Saturday. So it was like, all right. So it's been like a pretty steady cocktail of Advil and Tylenol and Aurigel. Uh, but actually, uh, this morning I woke up and it wasn't as bad. Uh, like at least it's more manageable today. So I am going to the doctor or the doctor uh, might as well, uh, the dentist uh, in a couple hours to see if, cause I, like I said, it feels better. And like with my tongue, like feeling it, it doesn't like yesterday, it felt a little more swollen. Like it felt like there was kind of a bump in the gums, like right above that tooth. So it feels like it's gone down a lot. So hopefully the medicine took care of that, but who knows? So um, I will update you about my teeth next week. Let's get into some filler. Everything he's saying is nonsense and he's fooling them. All right. So filler this week, uh, I just got a couple of things. The first one is uh, Extraction 2. Extraction is, uh, I guess, it, well, it looks like they're going to make another one. This is a series that Netflix actually is behind. It was I don't know if it was created by the Russos, the Russos, of course, of Avengers, like uh, Civil War, uh, Winter Soldier, Endgame, Infinity War, the best movies, essentially. Uh, they took care of all those or they, they directed them. But I don't think they no, they did not direct these movies, but they wrote them or produced them or something. Uh, this guy, Sam Hargrave. He directed both of the extraction movies, and and actually he he was a stunt double for Captain America in I think Endgame. So, but anyway, these are uh, these are just your kind of run of the mill like bro flicks. I mean, like 
like Chris Hemsworth, obviously he's like a God, even when he's not playing a God Thor, he's just like such a good looking dude. And he's like chiseled and he's, he's just like, you know, like my wife says it and I'll say it too. He's a gorgeous man. But anyway, he plays uh, like a retired Marine. I think he is. And now he's just kind of like, he's like a, um, like a merc, like a mercenary, you know, he does like jobs and shit. So the first movie he has to rescue a kid. It's kind of like that movie, man on fire. The one with Denzel Washington, where it's like some like gangsters kid, I think got kidnapped and it's in another country. So it's just like balls to the wall, fucking crazy. Like how the government (laughs) works and everything. So it's just like very lawless, but this one is like so at the end of that movie spoilers if you haven't seen it but these again these are on netflix so most people have netflix they're pretty readily available if you like really good action movies these are really fucking good action movies the extractions but anyway at the end of the first movie spoiler spoiler if you haven't seen it uh there is a second one so i guess it's not spoiling much he we thought his character got killed tyler rake uh um Chris Hemsworth, he gets like shot in the neck and then he falls over a bridge. But then at the end of the movie, you kind of see like there's a teaser that it's like, okay, I guess he is alive. So sure enough, he is at the beginning of this, the second movie, they show how he survived and all that good stuff. And of course, it's just movie magic. And it's like, who cares? But this movie is, oh my God. I mean, like in the vein of like John Wick and The Raid Uh, If you haven't seen the Raid movies, by the way, go check those out. There's two of them. They're fucking incredible. But uh, John Wick, at least, like for for more American uh, type gun fu action, if you will. This movie actually has a 21 minute cut, meaning the camera is on for 21 minutes straight following this around. Now, don't get me wrong. When you hear that, that doesn't mean they did a perfect cut in 21 minutes. There's a lot of like stitching and editing and a lot of times with stunt doubles and stuff. Like when you see a scene this long, someone will get like kicked or blown, like blown up or something like that. And they'll go flying out of screen and then they'll come back a couple seconds later. But it's usually like a stunt person. So you won't see like their face and whatnot. But there's like a prison escape here, which actually... I, oh man, like as far as prison escapes, go to like the Daredevil series. There's, there's one in season three that is just like, you get physically exhausted watching this. But anyway, this one here in this movie, it's just, it's so awesome. I mean, there's a, there's a scene where Chris Hemsworth, like he gets a Molotov cocktail thrown at him and he blocks it with a, like a riot guard shield, but his arm is on fire. So he keeps fighting and he's like punching a dude in the face and his fucking arms on fire. It's so awesome. But like Chris, Chris Hemsworth, at least what I've I've seen and read from him, he seems like a good dude. So I do like him. And of course, he is Thor. He's very likable in the MCU. But I just I've always liked Chris Hemsworth and Extraction 2. Check it out. You don't really need to see the first one, to be honest. It kind of gives you a little recap of what happened almost like a previously on Extraction. So it's you don't really need to watch it. But uh, I thought the second one was probably a little bit better. The story, admittedly, is very, very weak. It's just like, oh, well, um, hey, your ex-wife's sister who is married to this gigantic mob boss and like, uh, I forgot what country it is, but it's like this guy's like ex murker he is a murker he's ex-marine or cia or something like how does he not know who this guy is but it's just like a small world i guess so he's got to go in and like 
help out the sister. But um, yeah, Extraction Two, I definitely like it on a scale of one to ten. I'd give it like a like an eight point five. I thought it was badass. Uh, now let's uh, let's completely flip to the other spectrum of an out of ten. Uh, Insidious, the Red Door. This is Insidious Part Five. So the Insidious franchise, I'm, you know what? I liked the first one. The second one, I only saw, I think, once, and I thought it was fine. The third one, I thought, was pretty good. But that one kind of, like, strays away from the other story. And then the fourth one was just stupid. I think it was, like, called the Skeleton Key or something like that. I forgot. It, completely, like, forgettable. That's And that's why I, I remember, like, a couple of the characters in it. And I remember, like, Tucker and Specs and Elise Warren. Like, they make, like, a cameo, I believe. But it's just that, that one sucks. So, again, the third one I thought was pretty good. But And I talk about it on Horrorcopia on my other podcast with my sister all the time because she's, like, a huge fan of the Insidious franchise. The third movie was pretty good. It had a lot of good scares. But it's essentially just, like, a teenage girl getting her fucking ass kicked by a demon or like by a ghost, like for an hour and a half. It's just like, it's tough to watch. I mean, you just feel so bad for this girl. But anyway, so the first two Infidious, the first two Insidious movies focus on a family. And so it's like the mom, the dad, and the two sons in the first movie. The son f goes into a coma and he is called, uh, he's like astral projector. So basically these are people who can like dream walk essentially. Like they can walk in, they can enter people's dreams and they can, I, I don't know, watch the movies. The first two, like I said, are pretty good. This one, which is actually, it's number five in the franchise, but it would be technically number three. Because it's this, this, the first two movies is this story with this family. And then they kind of, then it's a prequel and then it's another prequel. And then now they're back to this family. We didn't need this movie. We 100% did not need this movie. The kids all grown up. Um, Ty Simpkins, is that his name? I uh, don't remember, but he's, he's in the first movie. He was in Iron Man 2. And then he was actually, God, we're all over MCU. He is at the very end of Endgame when after Tony Stark dies, Iron Man, and they, they're having like the funeral or the wake at his house and it shows all the Avengers like as they're going around and then, and then they get to the end and there's that one fucking kid standing there and everyone's like, who the hell is that? It's just like some teenage kid in a, in a suit. That's who that is because that kid was in Iron Man 2 and he like him and Tony Stark bonded, I guess. I don't know. A lot of people are like, okay, that's cool. They brought him back, but he definitely does not need to be there. So anyway, so this movie is about that kid. Uh, I already forgot his name in the movie. Yeah, I can't. Mason? No, maybe it's me. I don't know. But um yeah, so he's like, he's in college now, and it's like, he's off at college, and he's got a quirky roommate, because that's what, every, like in uh, the show Wednesday, you know, like the the roommate, uh, God, I forgot her name too. I did like her, but it was still just like, why does it always have to be like an over-the-top roommate who's like very artsy and just has like fun comments on everything, and uh, but it's not scary. Like all the jump scares and like, you know, when they're coming, I mean, like, it's just such like, maybe it's just because these PG 13 movies, like all they can really do is jump scares. So, I mean, like, and don't get me wrong. I mean, there's a lot of good PG 13 horror again, like these first two insidious movies, I thought were pretty good. This one sucks. Like, I'm not even going to say it's like, check it out because I think this movie's 100% unnecessary. Um, yeah. So I, yeah. 
And then uh, the last thing I wanted to talk about, just to kind of keep up on that, because I know you all, um, you're all begging for it, is Secret Invasion, because why not more MCU? Uh, the final episode comes out this week. Actually, when you're listening to this, it'll come out tomorrow. I'm actually very excited for a show that I have been pretty bored with overall and very underwhelmed. I thought the last two episodes were the best two in the series. And the last one, they really kind of set you up. I, I really kind of, <laughs> it's kind of contradictory. They really set you up for something big to happen in this final episode. Now that doesn't mean shit. That doesn't mean that that's actually going to happen because Marvel has just been like a big letdown for the most part since Endgame. There's been like definitely a, a few bright spots here and there, but uh, at the end of the last episode, Nick Fury was on the phone with someone and he was just like, okay, I'm on my way or whatever. So it's, I mean, my, my thoughts, here are my predictions. Okay. And if you haven't watched this spoilers, but again, these are just my predictions and there's a lot of them, but <laughs> I figure I'll cover, uh, see if I can get any of these right. One is that the person that he's talking to has to do with the Thunderbolts, meaning it is either, uh, I don't remember her name. It's too long in the, in the series, but she's played by uh, Julia Louise Dreyfus and then, or Harrison Ford who is going to be taking over as president in the MCU right now. Dermot Mulroney is president. So Harrison Ford, he's going to be in the Thunderbolts. He's taking over for William Hurt, who uh, passed away. So Harrison Ford, maybe this is his intro. Maybe they bring him in and this is how they introduce the Thunderbolts. Because the Thunderbolts, if you're unfamiliar, they're going to be kind of like a Suicide Squad type misfit team. So, uh, check, look, I, I'm kind of excited actually, because I like the, the, for the most part, I like the, the, the characters that they're bringing back. So yeah, either, uh, her or, uh, the Thunderbolt Ross, uh, new Thunderbolt Ross played by Harrison Ford. My other one is, uh, Maria Hill, meaning she is not dead because they did that to Nick Fury and, um, Winter Soldier where they killed him and you're like, oh my God. And then they didn't. So maybe she is still alive. And actually, I think that's all I had. <laughs> Maybe just those. Or, or no, no, I had one more. And it was going to be um, uh, Sam, uh, the new uh, Falcon America, the new Captain America, Anthony Mackie's character, uh, Sam. Why the hell can I think of his last name? Jeez. But the Falcon, that guy. <laughs> so I have a feeling one of them uh, possibly is going to be on next week's episode, or it could be something else. But they keep saying, like, not, not keep saying, they've said it like twice. When they've mentioned, dude, there's a big fucking problem here. Why aren't you calling in the Avengers? And he's like, because this is my problem. I got to deal with this. It's like, we're talking about possible World War III. Like that, those words have been brought up in this show numerous times. And it's still like, you know, Thor could fucking come down from wherever he is. As, or no, actually, he's not in Asgard. He's in space somewhere still. Uh, he could fucking come down and, um, you know, take care of this very quickly. Hulk could easily kill a lot of these scrolls. I don't know. It's just kind of stupid, but that that's how they're saying we're saving money. But anyway, uh, the season finale is this week, and I'm excited for it. So uh, we'll see how that goes. All right, I'm just going to play a quick promo, and then we'll get to the episode. You've heard others, but nothing could prepare you for the shameful stupidity that is the Jock and Nerd Podcast. 
witness the hubris as they claim to be the world's authority on comic book movies. Who said that? Never said that. We've never said that. Who cares? A jock said that. Comic book, TV, movie, reviews, news, and whatever they choose. Available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you find your favorite podcasts. The Jock and Nerd Podcast. Seriously, people really listen to this. Uh, Jock and Nerd! Season 2, Episode 19, Park Safety, directed by Michael Trim, written by Aisha Muharrer, Katie Dippold, and Harris Whittles. All right, so after, when I was listening to last week's, like, the kind of bonus episode, whatever, for the possum, and remembering, like, when I did that episode, I just, like, the way I did it was a little, I'm not a little, it was very different than how I do the reviews usually on the show, which is, like, just breaking down the episode from start to finish, I didn't do it that way this week. I'm going to just kind of talk about the episode. I'm going to give you a little description of what the episode's about in case you haven't seen it. Otherwise, if you have seen it, you kind of know you've seen the episode again. You don't need me to break the whole the whole thing down. So I'm just going to talk about like some Easter eggs, some foreshadowing, things like that, you know, just to kind of like, which I do anyway when I'm breaking down the episodes. But here, um, I don't want to have to describe the entire episode to you again. So. Uh, what happens in this episode is uh, pretty basic, actually. We start off, Jerry, uh, he is going out to uh, fill the, the hummingbird feeders in the parks, and he comes back saying that he got mugged. So the new big initiative is uh, the park safety and uh, the lack of. So we get a great cameo, which I'll get to. But Leslie and the team have to, or Leslie, uh, Leslie, Tom, and Jerry, they team up with uh, the park, or the, sorry, the park rangers to figure out how they were going to fix this because Jerry got mugged in the park. However, later on in the episode, you find out that Jerry didn't actually get mugged. He was uh, walking his dog, and when he was eating a burrito, dropped the burrito into a creek, and as he was bending over to pick up the burrito, fell and smacked his shoulder dislocating it. So he busted his shoulder. Uh, at the end of the episode, this information does come out. Actually, I'll just say the park ranger is uh, Carl Lorthner, played by Andy Samberg and a great cameo. Get more uh, into that. But they end up on Joan Calamezzo's show because, of course, Joan wants to bury Leslie. So they think they're going to show this video, but Leslie convinces Carl not to show it. So, And then uh, in the B story, you've got Ron who uh, after this happened, after this mugging, he decides he is going to bring the parks department, which I have no idea where they go. I guess they just go to like the YMCA or whatever, because it's like Ron's running a self-defense show for the rest of the park staff. So it's uh, Donna, April, Andy, Anne, and Mark, and they're all in there. So that is uh, this episode. So, all right. So in the cold open, we get a a very, uh, one one of my favorite ones. I always like this one where Leslie is telling everyone that, all right, well, it's that annual time of the year we have to fill the bird feeders. And everyone hates doing this because, like, they show Tom, there's, like, a little part of him. He's he's trying to, like, fill the bird feeder, and it pours. It gets all over his shirt. So hummingbirds are awesome, but, yeah, like, they're it's basically just, like, sugar water. That's what they drink. So the uh, the entire group, they're all just, like, no one wants to do this. They all hate doing it. So then cuts over and it shows that everyone instead of putting their their own name in the hat they just put the name jerry on it and so essentially you've got this hat going around with all jerry's in it so no one else is going to get picked except 
Leslie, there is a one in 20 chance she will get picked. Now it's actually like a one in 24 chance if you add the rest of the people who put the name Jerry in, because Leslie will actually put her own name. However, she says she puts in 20 Jerry's. So there is a concert coming up in the park and that we actually will see this concert happen at the end of the season but leslie's telling everyone that they got to focus on this because freddie spaghetti he's like a local artist he's going to be playing in the park and now this is kind of a fun fact actually so if you're watching this episode on the projector in the back leslie you know there's a like an ad it's like freddie spaghetti you know like whatever book him for your parties or who knows so the person though that is on this picture for Freddie Spaghetti is not the same actor that we will see in like five episodes in the season finale when he actually is played by Freddie Spaghetti. So there's actually a really funny part too where Le uh, Leslie's talking about Freddie Spaghetti and April's just like, didn't didn't he OD? And Leslie's like, no, that was the drummer. And she's like, and he didn't OD. Uh, the bass player killed him or something like that. And April's just like, oh, she just goes back to whatever she's doing. So, uh, but yeah, I thought it was just kind of funny that uh, we will see uh, Freddie Spaghetti in a couple episodes. And also it's already just from this episode here, they used a different actor because may I don't know, maybe they didn't have this actually planned out, but they're like, oh, hey, we talked about that Freddie Spaghetti guy. Maybe we could use him. We also get the great quote in this episode that describes Jerry perfectly in a nutshell. And that is when Ron, it's funny too, because he talks about, he's telling us a story about how a guy He's like, Dave, whatever, whatever, the Jewish guy who works over at a, I forgot where, but I just love that he has to point out the Jewish guy. He's like, there's a Schlemiel and a Schlemazel. The Schlemiel is the person who spills the soup. The Schlemazel is the person who gets the soup spilled on them. And he just says that Jerry is both of them because this is after Jerry came back from getting mugged. So Ron's just kind of talking about that. But so there is like just some other things like I'm going to be jumping all over the episode with this. And I apologize because my notes are all over the place. But you do see um, a little bit of and this this goes around uh, Andy in both senses. You get like some jealous Anne and you also get some jealous April in this episode because there's a scene early on when Andy and April, Andy and Anne, I'm sorry, Andy and Anne are talking. They give each other a high five. However, April, like she does this a couple, she makes that face like it was, she's just like, oh crap, because she, she's upset anytime Andy interacts with her. And then later on in the episode, you're going to see when Anne is talking to Andy and Andy actually buys her like a muffin or something. And Anne's kind of like the hell, like, I'm, like, not like she's regretting, but like, it almost does seem like she's just like maybe like eh, maybe this guy can be turned into someone good because it does seem like Anne really really did love andy but that she just couldn't deal with this bullshit anymore so another running uh, uh theme we have in this it is leslie starting a new project and that's her the she's starting the safe parks now we we notice that she does that all the time with the binders and everything another running joke april uh asks if she should hook up with the police officers uh so this is actually like I don't know if it's a running joke because this is just the second time it happened, but she does make another similar comment like this. And it's kind of like what uh, in an episode I already covered, I forgot which one it was, but she asks like, should I seduce Perd happily? And Leslie's like, why should you do that? And she's like, I don't know, just to see if I can do it. <laughs> she's like being all seductive. But yeah, so I like that. That's always her go-to. Like in this one, it's like, should I seduce the police officers? And then later on when, uh, during the campaign episode, April always she she also makes like a reference about doing her famous lap dances. So I just love that she always makes sexual jokes like that. Uh, but we meet uh, Carl Lorthner again, played by Andy Samberg, and he's he's hilarious in this. I love Andy Samberg. If I haven't mentioned that before, I think a couple of weeks ago I talked about how I watched 
rock uh, pop star and hot rod. So yeah, big fan of his. And the running joke is that uh, the golf cart, because he talks about uh, how they they have no money. Basically, their department is broke. One of the cars was uh, th- like thrown in the lake by the teenagers, and uh, the other one was just covered in raccoon piss and shit. And that's the one that they had to keep. But yeah, I just love that the raccoons are still constantly harassing everyone. Uh, we've get uh, you know just because I love shitting on Tom, we get a little bit of pathetic Tom. When he uh, challenged, I'm sorry, he actually, Leslie makes a joke about Tom being like, kind of, you know, like, oh, actually, I'm sorry. After Jerry gets mugged and Ron says he's going to teach everyone some self-defense, Leslie makes a comment about how Tom's basically like a pussy. (laughs) So he's like, no, I'm not. And April's just like, fine, arm wrestle me right now. And like, they arm wrestle and he like, he's struggling. And then they show him like kind of holding the table underneath, like as April's just winning and April's so skinny as it is. So Tom losing to her, is just like, Oh my God. Uh, we have, uh, this is a, actually, I liked a, a literal running joke because in this episode, they, when they're at the golf cart or I'm sorry, when they're at the, the checking out the park for the park safety, they're driving around in a golf cart and Tom, well, Jerry actually has uh, made the, it's he's too heavy, so it won't ghost, but they, they're like they make Tom get off and he has to run next to the cart. So he's constantly running throughout the episode. And this is funny because this is already like the, the third time we have seen Tom running. We actually saw it last week in the possum episode when he just bolts, which is so funny. I love that that scene when he sees the possum and he just runs like for dear life. And then we saw it in the, the canvassing episode when he decided he was done and he's just like, I'm out of here. And he just runs away in April's like he runs funny. He really does. So, yeah, a literal running joke. Have to point out the amazing, more just like how mean everyone is to Jerry. So the first time we see Andy and he's actually he's like doing this, he's doing like quotes like down by like his balls. And he's like, hey, and check it out. Scrotation marks. He's like super excited about this one. And uh, he also talks about how he wants to change or how uh, Mouse Rat changed their name again. So there's another uh, running joke. But it always seems like it always comes right back to Mouse Rat anyway, even when they change it for like just an episode. But what's so funny is that Anne comes in and she tells Andy about what happened to Jerry, how he got mugged. And Andy's like, oh, no, not Jerry. You mean the tall, the black guy who wears the Looney Tunes ties? And she's like, no, like Jerry, who we work with in the parks department. He's like, oh, God. And he just starts like laughing, like hysterically. And he's just like, like, it's the funniest thing. It's just so mean. I got to point out too that uh, when Anne is talking about, she, cause she's talking about how she, this free self-defense course by Ron and she's talking, this is more just like how I love the, the names in parks and rec. She's like, I was watching this movie once called how far is far enough. The Terry Palaver Lonigan story. Just where did that name come from? So good. Uh, a couple more running jokes for you. Uh, like I said, mouse rat changing their name to scrotation marks, uh, Leslie's gifts. She makes Jerry a pillow for when he comes back, like the rest of the group, they were having a a coming back party and she's like, what the hell is this? And it was like literally pathetic. It was like in the office when they tried to do it for, uh, uh, what's her name? Kelly for her birthday. And it was just like Jim and Dwight doing it. It was terrible. And then, uh, this is obviously uh, one of the best running jokes throughout the show. And that's just Jerry fuck ups. So in this one, he has like one of his most famous ones and it all starts with he is giving a presentation and Leslie has basically told everyone in there, give him a break. Do not laugh at him. Don't when he screws something up, just, you know, whatever. So first off he's given his thing and he trips like on the, on the chair. So it's like, okay. 
Uh, then all of a sudden he's trying to turn it on and Leslie's like, Jerry, I think you forgot to plug the computer in. Okay. So then when he plugs it in and it fires up, all of a sudden you see some vacation pictures and it's Jerry, like just standing there with his arms up. Like he's presenting the hotel that they're staying at. Clearly this is Gail taking the pictures, but he's like, Oh my God, I'm so embarrassed. I, I must've put my uh, vacation pictures from Muncie. And Tom's like, you went to vacation in Muncie. Like he's trying not to laugh. And he's like, yeah, uh, Gail and I have a timeshare there. And he's like, in Muncie? You know, and Leslie's like, Tom, shut up. You know, like Muncie's a very nice place. So then uh, the next thing he does is he's like, well, you know, like we're we're all going out fishing for twout. He's like, oh my God, I just said twout. Like, and they're like, so April's like ready to explode. She can't, you know. So then he's like, oh, this is insane. I can't believe it. My marbles are full of mouth. And Tom and April are just like losing their shit. And then finally he drops something. He bends over. His pants split right down the seam and he farts incredibly loud <laughs> it's such a good part it's it, again it's one of the best jerry jerry scenes ever so back to carl lorther again awesome cameo by andy samberg i didn't mention before his character is super fucking loud like he's like my daughter natalie or my brother rob but constantly like just Hey guys, how's it going? How are you? Yeah, there's a funny part uh, when they first introduce him and Tom is standing outside the door and he opens it up and he's just like, hey guys, uh, did you see the new Avatar? Uh, and he slams the door and it's just like, oh, the Avatar, the, the, the Avatar, opens it back up again. And uh, that's, uh, I love that Avatar. This is the first time we've actually gotten an Avatar mentioned though. This is another running joke. We'll get a few more of those. We'll get it when Ben makes his claymation and he says that he thought it was as good as Avatar. And then also when Andy and April are having their fancy party and they're telling everyone to come over, they tell, bleh, who is it, Donna, maybe? I forgot who it is, but they tell someone to bring uh, a 3D TV with 50 3D glasses and Avatar. So, awesome. All right, and then, uh, oh, yeah, one of my favorite jokes also from this episode, and just like a, you know, because this is only the one the one episode that Carl Lorther is in, but how loud he is when they're all waiting for him. He comes rolling up in the golf cart, and he's just like, you guys ready? And it cuts over, and it shows all the birds, like, like flying away because he scared the shit out of them just because of how loud he is. All right, so as I mentioned before, we get Joan Calamezzo in this episode. Uh, and this is just always a running joke. She's just, like, always trying to bury Leslie. She's always, like, super mean to her. Uh, we also get uh, we get Paul Iaresco, who's the city manager. He's, like, he comes in and he actually has one of the funniest lines in the, the episode because he's, like, basically Leslie went on Pawnee today and she just started talking shit about like no i'm sorry it wasn't pawnee today but she was doing an interview and she basically like threw the whole uh the park rangers like department or whatever i keep saying the parks department but like park ranger this episode's a mess i'm sorry uh, so she's just like talking shit and it's like i that's what i don't like about leslie in this episode when she's talking about she's like well carl lorthner and the park safety uh rangers they've really failed us and it's like you just you were just with him. He was telling you everything bad that's happening. They have no money. Their uh, their workers keep getting mugged and beaten up. Their their equipment is getting destroyed. So I thought that was kind of shitty. But uh, so Paul Iaresco, that's why he comes in the city manager because he saw the interview and he tells Leslie, he's like, you can't do that. You can't like bury your your own government. 
She's like, I'm sorry, Paul. I did da da da. So he's like, however, your little stunt worked. We're going to kick uh, $2,500 to park security. And he's like, we're going to have a press conference later. But yeah, when I was saying like one of my favorite lines by him, he's like, make sure you bring the doofus with who got his ass kicked. <laughs> I just love that he says doofus and then also who got his ass kicked, like not worrying about his safety or anything more. Just like, oh, my God, bring that fucking moron too. So a great scene. We finally get to see that footage because, again, Carl's threatening Leslie with it because, again, like everything was fine with them. And then she threw him under the bus, like I said. So it was just kind of a shitty move. However, the video. So like I said before, Jerry is actually he didn't get mugged. There was someone else who was filming like his dog or someone playing. I forgot what they were filming. But you see in the background yeah, Jerry is leaning over and he falls and it looks very painful. So whoever did the stunt did a very good job. But then it's funny because Carl's just like, oh, and here's my favorite part. Doesn't even share with the dog and like Lord Sheldon, his dog, he's trying to um, <laughs> he's he's trying to uh, have a little bite and Jerry pulls away. Speaking of Lord Sheldon, I have to mention another one of the best quotes in this episode. I was on my way to the hummingbird feeders, and I was walking Lord Sheldon. Ew. Is that code for some kind of weird sex act? Lord Sheldon is my dog. My wife named him. Ew. Then another amazing one, when they're all working out, uh, sorry, when they're they're going through Ron's uh, self-defense training, uh, <laughs> he, he uh, asks us from, for some volunteers, and uh, Andy has this great quote. Ron, do you think that maybe I should put Mark in a headlock? That way I can show everyone how to escape a pervert. Uh, in the scenario you just laid out, you're the pervert. You understand that, right? You wish. Later on in the episode, a good Easter egg you see, actually. And it's from the previous episode, The Possum. Andy is doing like a talk. Or actually, no, I think he's just actually sitting at the shine stand. You can see the newspaper article on the wall from, like I said, last week's episode where he... Uh, he got his picture taken and everything talking about how he took down the possum. <laughs> you get a little more with uh, Joan and uh, Carl again, talking about avatar, another running joke, Leslie, I'm sorry, uh, Joan yells at Leslie. And it's just, it's so funny. Like she's <laughs> cause, cause she's trying to have this, uh, this thing on her show. And that's when Carl, he was supposed to like rat on Leslie and say that Jerry didn't actually get mugged. However, he changed his mind. And Joan knew it. So like afterwards, she's like, that was a dirty, you know, bullshit move or whatever. She's like, don't you ever boop and talk to me like, or she's basically she's yelling at Leslie. She's just like, you disgust me. Get out of my face. And it's more of just like the hilarious dynamic between Leslie and Joan, where it's like Leslie idolizes Joan, but Joan just treats her like shit. And Leslie's just like, yes, ma'am. And she like cowers and walks away. <laughs> so then uh, Carl, uh, he's about to walk away and she's just like, oh, no, 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 no. You get over here real quick. And then she's just like, she asks him a question. He's just like, Yes, ma'am. Like all quiet. Of course, now he's quiet for like the first time in his life. And speaking of that, this is the last clip I want to play. It's just, it's just, his voice is so funny. Oh, Leslie. Well, since you decided to drag my name through the mud on TV, I figured why not return the favor? Carl, could you quietly quiet down for a second and please tell me what's going on quietly, okay? In a quiet voice. A citizen handed in a very interesting home video that I think the people of Pawnee will find very interesting. Take a peek at this. But yeah, then we cut over. Uh, we, we were at the tag now, and 
April is feeling, uh, I don't know, she's just feeling nice because Jerry, you know, he broke his arm and everything like that. So she brings him a latte and he's just like, he's so happy. He's just like, oh, wow. Oh my God. Thank you, April. And of course, when he grabs it, he squeezes it too hard and it just completely like shoots in his face. And April's face is so funny because she's not even like laughing at him. She's literally reacting like, dude, what the fuck? Like, how did you just do like her reaction again? It isn't like, aha, you idiot. It's just like, I can't believe you just did that. Like one of the, like maybe one of these days you will not fuck something up, but yeah, it's just, it's, it's so great. So then, uh, we get like a good foreshadow here as well, because right after that, and I love how they're all laughing at Jerry and he's like, he smiles about it and he kind of gives like a wink to the camera, like, yeah, yeah, whatever. And then he does a talking head and he's like, you know what? He's like, I don't care. He's like, I've got two years left until I retire. So this is, it's actually just foreshadowing because obviously Jerry will retire. I believe it's in season five. And in that episode, when he does retire, they're all like, what are you talking about? You didn't, we didn't know you were retiring. And he's like, guys, I talk about it all the time. And they show a montage of just like a couple clips of him retiring. One of the funny things though, is that they don't show this one, this one specifically. It's just a couple other ones. I'm out of here in two months and da da da. Yeah, it's really funny. This episode is sitting at an 8.1 on IMDb. Uh, my quick thoughts on this episode. Funny, a lot of good quotes. Uh, again, I love Andy Samberg. Always happy when uh, he's in anything really. But uh, yeah, this is this episode, I feel like when I was watching it, it went by very quickly. So that's obviously a good thing when things fly by. It means it's a good episode. But yeah, a lot of good laughs. Nothing really super significant. Uh, just like a little more on the Andy April relationship kind of budding. So um, yeah, that is going to wrap up this episode. If you'd like to contact me or the show, citizensapawnee at gmail.com is how you can do that. You can also like and follow on Instagram at citizensapawnee podcast and at Parks Rec Memes. New episodes every Tuesday. Next week, I'll be covering season two, episode 20, Summer Catalog. Thank you for listening to Citizens of Pawnee, a Parks and Recreation podcast. My name's Brian, and I'll see you next week. Leslie and Ben went to Hawaii for their honeymoon.